Hi there, welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast about public speaking and speaking up. If you struggle with saying what you want to say on stage, on camera, or in conversation, you're in the right place. I'm Angela Lucier, your host. I'm also an author, professional speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. If you want to practice the tips you learn on this podcast, you can check out a Speaker Sisterhood club as a guest for free. Learn more at speakersisterhood.com. So what do you think about online courses? Do you like them? it's, It's kind of a hard question to ask because the answer is so varied. I'm sure if you've taken any courses or done online workshops or webinars or trainings, there's a variety. Some people are great at teaching online. Other people probably could use more training. So... If you've attended some good ones, then you probably have pretty good feelings about it. And if you have expertise that you want to share with others, maybe you've even thought about creating your own course. Or if you're already a speaker, you may have thought about creating a course out of your content that you typically present on stage. I've been going back and forth between online trainings and in-person conference trainings and workshops for about 10 years. And so I've learned a lot about what translates well on the screen versus what should only be done on stage. And I've also learned a lot about how to make content more interesting when you put it on a screen, because you're not in the same space with your audience. And as I think the whole world found out in the last year and a half, meetings and events and Trainings are not the same when you're not sitting in the same room. And so we have to work a little harder to make them engaging. And so what I want to share with you today is some of the mistakes I made. There were just a few. (laughs) And some of the things I learned by putting together my new course. And if you haven't heard about it yet, it just came out last week and it's called Public Speaking for Shy Creatives. And I decided to make this course because I haven't really made anything in a while, like a long time. And I was having a conversation with a, an old friend today. Actually, I was on his podcast and he has a three-year-old and a five-year-old and we got on the phone and we haven't talked in probably a year. And he's like, how is motherhood treating you? <laughs> I was like, it's so exhausting. <laughs> And we, we laughed about that for a little while. He's like, don't worry. Once they turn five, you're fine. It's like, okay, three more years. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> but it's hard to feel, I think, ins- creatively inspired when you're exhausted all the time. And not to mention the pandemic and just the, the isolation. And it's it's been hard to summon the energy to want to create something and really feel excited about it. I mean, I can force myself to make something, but I'd rather be excited and interested in it than just make something for the sake of making it. And there's two reasons for that. One is if it's not fun to make, then why am I going to put myself through it? And two, I know that the outcome is not half as good as it could be if I really cared about it. And so I would not... I'd prefer not to put something out that I'm not proud of and don't feel is my best work then, um, then do it, you know? So I finally, this summer, I signed up for a website called Skillshare. You may have heard of it. It's not new. I, I kind of, I remember using the site years ago and then kind of forgot about it. And then 
was reintroduced to it somehow and just started watching classes and got really, I guess I would say inspired by the teachers on there. They were really into the topics they were presenting. You could tell they put a lot of time into what they chose to teach and how they were teaching it. And they used really nice graphics and music and the editing was really slick. And I was like, wow, this is like next level. Some, so many of these classes are like professionally produced and they're beautiful and they're thoughtful. And I thought, I think I can make a class like this just by myself. And that challenge, that personal challenge to myself got me excited to make something again. I don't know about you, but if I say to myself, I think I can do this that's usually a better motivator than when someone else says, you can do that. (laughs) It's like, I just want to prove to myself. I actually play a game with myself when I go to the grocery store. I look at my list and I think, okay, how long would it take me to get through my list and out the door if I was going at a regular speed? And sometimes it's like, all right, I could probably get all this stuff in 15 minutes. And so then I will set a timer and challenge myself to get out of the grocery store in at least in under 12. (laughs) Does anyone else do this? (laughs) as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, this is weird. (laughs) This is really weird. (laughs) But it's just how we find joy these days. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) I challenge myself to make a class as good as the professionally produced. And when I say like, I'm not, I don't think that I'm not a professional, but I know I'm not a professional filmmaker. I'm a professional speaker, but I don't edit you know, videos for a living. It's like, I know how to do it, but I'm, it's not my job. So I sat down and I asked myself, what should this course be about? And this is a great question to start with because there's a Venn diagram here of on one circle, you have things I love talking about. And on the other circle, you have things the world needs to know. (laughs) And then you figure out what intersects. And when I say what the world needs to know, it's like what problems need to be solved? Because you can't just give a speech on like how much I love public speaking. It's like there needs to be a benefit and a value there. So I already knew I wanted to present the course on Skillshare. So I thought, well, who's on Skillshare? And when I looked at all the different courses, they're all creative classes. They teach things like how to use Adobe Illustrator, how to edit your films, how to be a photographer, how to tell a story how to do graphic design, how to do lettering. And I thought, okay, the bulk of these classes are creative. So the people who are taking these classes are creative. And so I know a lot of creative people are um, often shy and they chose that career, not only because they enjoy the work, but also because it means they don't have to get out from behind their computer very often and interact with people. So I think what I'll do is I'll create the class for shy creatives. So that was, that's what I decided for my target audience. And then I thought, what content do I want to add in there? What do they need to know? So I made the two circles and I wrote down all the things that I love talking about around this subject. And then I thought of all the things that they would want to know about. And usually I interview my target audience because I want to know more about what they care about. But I spent so much time as a shy person and I know so many shy people and I've worked with so many shy people that I feel uniquely qualified to present a workshop or a course for shy people. So I didn't ask anybody this time. I thought a lot about the anxiety and the the fear and the stories we tell ourselves as shy people about why we don't 
want to speak and why our voice doesn't need to be heard. I thought about um, mindset techniques that could be helpful, different skills to teach. And I wrote out an outline and I researched a lot on the Skillshare website about what makes a class great. It was actually really fun to learn about their guidelines and what they recommend teachers do in order to make their classes better. And they prefer that classes run no longer than 60 minutes. So I made it a goal to make a class about 45 minutes long. And I know it can be hard to sit at a computer and just watch a class that's recorded for an hour. So I said, I'm going to make a 45 minute class working backwards from that and not overstuffing my burrito. If you've listened to this show before, you know, I'm not a fan of overstuffing the burrito, which means putting way too much content into a talk that overwhelms your audience and confuses them. So I said, I want to have like four key points over the course of 45 minutes. And I'm going to make sure that I really flesh out each point with stories and examples and different games and stuff. So it'll keep it interesting. So now I know I have the talk topic, the target audience, the problem I'm solving, which is how to be a better speaker if you're shy. And now I have to figure out what are the four solutions I want to offer in this class. And so I I decided on my four solutions and now I had to figure out how I was going to illustrate my point for each one and how I was going to make this interesting. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I minored in film in college And I know a little bit about, you know, like how to frame a shot and how to light it and just different film techniques. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a professional, but like, I know a little bit about it. So I thought, how fun would it be if I create a class where I'm teaching, but there's also extra footage of me demonstrating the stuff that I'm talking about, but in a funny way. So in the, in the the film biz, we call that (laughs) B-roll and you've seen it. I mean, you've. They use it all the time in like news clips. If you're watching the nightly news and you see them talking about something going on somewhere else in the world, they'll cut to the footage that's called B-roll. So in my class, I'm talking, it's like a talking headshot where I'm just talking at the camera a lot, but then it cuts to the action of me doing something. So there's a part in the class where I talk about the moment before you have to sit down and write your speech. And I cut to me doing laundry, saying I had to wash some socks, and then me vacuuming the living room, (laughs) and then me raking my backyard, and then me grabbing a stack of books saying, these need to be donated today. And it cuts back to me at my in my office saying, do you often procrastinate when you have to do something scary? And so all these scenes are sort of like illustrating what it's like to go through that moment right before you're going to write your speech. And I know that this happens because I've talked to like hundreds of speaker sisterhood members and I, I've talked to other professional speakers who always talk about that moment when you sit down to write your speech and you think, oh, don't I need to uh, pick up some more cat litter? Um, don't I, I think that the windows need to be cleaned, you know, and you can come up with a thousand other things you need to do <laughs> besides writing your speech. <laughs> so after I wrote the takeaways and I, I, This is actually the first time ever I wrote a script. I wrote an actual 19-page script for this class. And I don't know that it it was necessary or not, but it felt like that was what I wanted to do to sort of get my creative vision clear. And I haven't written very much lately, so it felt like a fun exercise to just sit down and write. So over the course of two days, I think I spent like 
four or five hours each day writing the script. And at the end of the two days, it was all done. And I had outlined all the B-roll clips and I underlined, I printed out the script and I underlined on all the places where I was going to use text on the screen. And it started to become really fun. You know, when you're putting something together and as you get into it, you're like, oh, this is, there's so much creativity here and there's so much creative license and opportunity to have fun with it. And so now I know I'm going to have B-roll. I'm also going to have graphics and I'm going to have music and I'm going to have sound effects. So now it's like getting even more fun because I get to decide what font do I want to use for my graphics? What colors am I going to use? What kind of music and what kind of mood do I want to create through the music? So now it's like I'm making Star Wars basically, you know, and (laughs) The next question is, what am I going to wear for my movie? (laughs) I need a costume designer. Now, I just went into my closet and I asked myself, what do I feel comfortable in? And this is advice I always give to speakers when they're asking, what should I wear on stage? First and foremost, you have to feel comfortable. I never tell people to go out and buy a new outfit the night before a big talk because the whole time you're going to be self-conscious, especially if you're not sure if what you bought fits you. You know, you know, you buy something and within three hours, you're like, why is this thing cutting off my armpit? And why is this, why are these pants making it hard to breathe? And all, you know, all the things that happen with clothes that you're not familiar with, it can be distracting. And when you're distracted, it shows. So I picked two things that I've worn a a million times and that I know I I feel comfortable with. And I also feel is a good representation of my style. And so I I made the decision based on a couple other things. One was, does this outfit resonate with my audience? Because I I don't wear blazers to begin with, but I think it'd be really weird if I looked corporate and I was talking to shy creatives. That doesn't really connect with, I think, the image of the creative. And I know there's like... I don't even know what that really means, but you know what I'm saying? Like you don't walk into an artist's office and they're in a business suit. Like it just doesn't. (laughs) So I took that into account. And the second thing I took into account was the backdrop. I, the other thing I did was I like stage, I did like a whole set design in my office. I spent a whole afternoon one day just taking stuff off the walls and moving bookshelves and painting and putting up fabric on the walls and posters and it's like pretty intense so I wanted to make sure that what I wore would match the background or stand out in front of the background one of the shirts I chose probably blended in a little bit too much and the other one was perfect so one of the mistakes I made was finding something that was almost like too matchy for the background and it's the it's the shirt I'm wearing in the intro to the video so I'm going to put the link to my class in the show notes and if you want to watch the intro video you can click on it and view it without buying the class and I should add that one of the cool things about Skillshare is the way that it works is you buy a membership an annual membership and then you can watch any class on the platform as many times as you want and it's all included in your membership and you can, when you buy your membership, you get 14 days free. So you can sign on, watch my class for free, and then you can cancel your membership and not pay for it. So (laughs) I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying, (laughs) probably not supposed to be saying that, but if you want to do that, if you don't have any interest in watching other classes. So I'll put the link in the show notes and you can click on that and see the shirt that I chose for the intro. The shirt that I chose for the rest of the class was a sleeveless button down white shirt with a black tie. I just love ties. It's so funny. I was, 
uh, dating this guy earlier this year and I got some headshots done and in some of the headshots I'm wearing the shirt with the tie and I was like what do you think of this he's like you know I don't love women in ties and it was like in that moment where I was like I just can't date you anymore <laughs> it was kind of funny I mean that wasn't why we broke up but it was I didn't love that comment I didn't love it let's be honest so anyway I got the clothes figured out. I got the set design. Yeah, if you click on the intro video, you can also see the set design. And I think it's good. After I posted the class, I sent an email to the Skillshare instruction team and I asked them for feedback on my class. And they said they loved how I introduced everything and gave a clear overview of what to expect from the class. But they felt that the background was overstylized and a little distracting. So I was kind of bummed out to hear that because I was like, this, these are my interior design skills, you guys. Take a second look. Just, <laughs> But then I got feedback from a couple other people who watched the class and they felt the same way. So I apologize if the background is distracting, but I got excited and I was like, hey, I'm inspired. I'm loving this project, so I'm going with it. Try not to look at Wonder Woman in the background and all my books. And just if you can focus on my face, I think you'll get a lot of value from it. So anyway... What else? Audio and lighting. <laughs> like I said, you would think I was producing Star Wars. I, I've been making videos for a long time, so I have a lot of different video equipment. And I bought a lapel mic, which is the type of mic that you clip onto your shirt. It's just a tiny little mic. And I also have a shotgun mic, which, is, which it goes on the camera, and it picks up all the sound in front of the camera. And then I also have my you uh, my podcast mic which I'm talking into right now and so I tested out all of them I also used my iPhone I have an iPhone 12 which has an amazing camera on it I tested out that mic and then I tested out different cameras and in the end I ended up shooting the whole class on my iPhone 12 with my lapel mic plugged into it and I think that the audio is awesome. I think that the video quality is awesome. I shot it in 4K, if that means anything to you. I watch so many YouTube videos <laughs> about video quality. <laughs> I probably watched way too many because at the end I was like, I didn't need to learn 90% of that, but I guess it was just kind of fun to know. But if you have a phone and you have a lapel mic, which I think I bought mine for like 25 bucks on Amazon like f four or five years ago, they're not that expensive and they're really easy. They just plug into the headphone jack. You can record and make a beautiful video. And for lighting, I used to have a whole light kit with the big, you know, the big like white boxes and the, on tripods. And I just felt like I can do this with my ring light and natural lighting from the windows. So I only shot the class on days when it was a little overcast because I didn't want the sun to be so bright that it washed me out and I didn't even use my ring light. I just shot at the right time of day when the lighting was really nice in my room. So you can work with natural light and use it in your favor and you don't need to have artificial lights all around you. And I'm facing the windows and I think it came out really beautiful and I'm really proud of the lighting. <laughs> so as far as like investment, I did buy a new laptop, but that's because my other, I have a MacBook Pro that I've used for six years. I know, I can't even believe I've had it for six years, but it, it's like on its last leg. So I bought a new laptop, which I needed anyway. But all I, all the other stuff I used, I had my iPhone already 
and I, I had the mic. So if you were going to shoot a class and you have a laptop and you have a phone, I would say buying the mic is maybe your only investment at this point. I did buy a membership to Skillshare, which I think is a hundred, it's a hundred and something a year, which I felt was worth it because I got to research all the other classes on there. And when I Googled or when I searched for public speaking classes in Skillshare, I got to see what everyone else was making and what was missing and what kind of quality classes were up there. And it was really like enlightening to see what people were posting already. So the other thing that happened during production was the mental piece. So I got myself like all ramped up about everything I just talked about, the the set design, the clothes, the script, the technology, and when it came down to shooting, I set aside a full day. This was maybe like mid-September. And I said, okay, I'm going to shoot like the intro and the first two videos. And I felt like I was giving myself a lot of time to do that, but I didn't want to rush myself because I was using a script, which I never use. And I was going to use jump cuts, which means like I'd look up at the camera and say a line or two and then look back down and, and read the script and then look back up at the camera and read and, and say the lines. So jump cuts just cut out the part where you're looking down and at the script. And so the day came that I had reserved to shoot. I woke up that morning in the worst mood ever. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I don't have a ton of free time and I, I don't have long chunks of time available. So I have to shoot today. And I'm like, what can I do to get into the right frame of mind? So I have some different journaling exercises that my past therapist gave me. So I did some journaling exercises and then I know going for a walk and getting fresh air always helps. So I went outside and I went for a long walk and I like did like a power walk so I could really get the blood flowing. You know, I took a shower. I had a really awesome breakfast. I had coffee. And then I got dressed and like did my hair and put on the shirt that I had planned. I came up to my office and I was still in a horrible mood. And I was like, this is not going to work. I can't be in a bad mood for the video. I'm not going to come this far just to have a bad mood. (laughs) It's going to be so hard to be engaged with the camera and want to talk about this if I'm in a bad mood. And I could not come out of this funk. I tried all day. I was like, all right, let me go watch TV for like an hour just to like get my mind off of this. Maybe I psyched myself out and then I'll come back to it. An hour goes by. I'm like, I can't get off the couch. (laughs) I was like, let me take myself out to lunch. Maybe I need some self-care. Took myself out to lunch, got in the car after. It was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. (laughs) Mind you, I've done no work all day. I've just like been driving myself crazy about the video. So then I thought, Maybe I'll just shoot it just to do a dress rehearsal of it, knowing that I'm not going to use the video, but just so I can practice it. So I get myself back to my office and by now the lighting's not great, but it doesn't matter because I'm just doing a dress rehearsal. I'm just testing the equipment. I'm testing the framing, where I'm sitting, all the stuff. So I shoot the whole first video and I don't watch it back. I'm just like, okay, I accomplished my goal today. I wake up the next morning and I'd set aside four hours to work on the class. And I watched the video back and I was like, oh, this is actually awesome. <laughs> the class, it came out really good and the, and the lighting actually looked great. And <laughs> I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I just work myself up 
to a point where I think no matter what I do, it's going to suck. And I start having all these stories about being bad at what I do and not knowing anything. And it was like exactly what I was talking about in the video. I was living it while I was making the class. So meta. This is one of the funny things about teaching public speaking while you're doing public speaking. I always feel like there's extra pressure because I'm talking about the thing that I'm doing. So if I'm not doing the thing that I'm teaching, then I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) So I was really living the thing that I was teaching. And um, I used some of my techniques that I talk about in the class. And it didn't occur to me to use them until the following day, which is really funny because the class that I was the video that I was recording during the bad day was the video about how to get over procrastination. So I don't know what that says about me, but on Wednesday I used my own techniques and I was able to get over the hump a lot faster. And I was recording by, I think nine 30 in the morning and I shot four or five more videos that day. And the way that I was able to do that was by what doing what I said, I just told myself it was a dress rehearsal And it got me through the whole recording and I loved it and it was really fun and I didn't feel a ton of pressure to make it any sort of like perfect. It just flowed out. And it reminded me of something a friend told me a couple of years ago because she can never get herself to the gym. She has a gym membership. She has brand new sneakers. She has all the workout clothes. She has friends at the gym and she still would not go to the gym. So she said the only way she could get herself there is if she said, okay, I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to get my water. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm just going to sit in the locker room for two minutes and then I'm going to go home. And then she would get to the locker room and she sit there for two minutes. And then the next thing she would think is, well, I'm here and I'm dressed. So I might as well work out. (laughs) And that's how she got herself to work out. (laughs) And she would go on the treadmill and do whatever and stay for an hour and do her workout. So whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes to get it done. And I had to tell myself some stories and tell myself it was a dress rehearsal. And that's how I recorded the class. So once it was all recorded and I watched it back, I got really excited about it. It was like, oh my God, this, this class is going to be so good. I feel like this is my best work. I'm like really engaged in the class and the content's awesome. Like the stuff that I chose for this 40 minute class is some of the best content I've ever created. And it makes me feel like when someone says like, what's your body of work? Like, this is one of the first things I would talk about because it's, it's a lot of years of work distilled down to a few key points after doing like thousands of workshops on public speaking. I, I think there's really only a few key things that really matter. And that's what I talk about in the class. So when I got to post-production, I had to upload all the videos to my computer, and then I decided to edit them in iMovie. And if you have a a Mac, every one of them comes with iMovie. It's free, and it's pretty basic editing software, but at the same time, it does a lot of cool stuff. So if you watch the class, you'll see a, a whole bunch of different graphics and sound effects and I have like the moments with the clapping in the background or like the audience reaction of laughter. I just could not help myself. I was like, I've never made a video (laughs) that has these sound effects, (laughs) but I really want to. (laughs) So there might be moments that are a little corny. You might be like, really, really? It's 2021. Can you relax on the sound effects? But no, I can't because I was really into it. So I hope you love it as much as I enjoyed putting those in there. 
So the music, like iMovie has a whole library of music and sound effects. So you can spend half a day just listening to different songs and sound effects and deciding what you want to put into your class. And I used uh, Keynote. It's like PowerPoint for a Mac. I use that for my graphics for the slides because um, the text in iMovie, the options are not good. So I made all my my slides in Keynote, and then I just inserted them over the video. And there's a lot of them. And one of the things that Skillshare recommends in their guidelines for teachers is that you change up the visuals at least every 30 seconds to keep it interesting. So my videos switch up the visuals about every 15 to 30 seconds, and it, it moves pretty quickly and it has a, a good pace to it. And when I sat down to start editing, I didn't realize like how much editing and post-production I was going to be doing. Cause remember I'm making star Wars now. So adding in all of these sound effects and doing a lot of editing on, remember I said I was doing jump cuts. So I had a lot of moments where I had to edit out moments that I was reading the script and ended up taking me days, like probably 30 or 40 hours to edit this whole 40 minute class. And once it was finished, I uploaded the whole thing to Skillshare. It took like an hour to get all the videos up there and processed and all set. And then you have to write your title and your summary. And every class also needs a project. That's a requirement on Skillshare's website because they want to give the, the learner something actionable to do as part of the class. So the project is to create a secret map. through. So throughout the whole project or throughout the whole course, I'm talking about how to build a secret map. And your secret map is your pre-speech ritual that helps you put together the best speech possible. It's very fun. I was very excited about that name. <laughs> At first I'm like, it's your speech template. I'm like, God, temp speech template is like the most boring title ever. What would be fun? So then I thought it'd be cool to call it like a treasure map. But then I thought there's really not a treasure involved. I don't want to be misleading. So I decided to go with secret map and secret map is, is not misleading because it's your own personal way for building your speech. Some of it is stuff that I tell you to do, but some of it is stuff that you pick because of who you are. And that's some of the fun about it. So that's part of the class too. I think in the end, I would not have spent so much time on worrying about technology and trying to make Star Wars. I probably, I would go back and really focus on the content in the same way that I did and thinking about who I'm talking to and the problems I want to solve but not get so wrapped up in watching like hours of video about different editing platforms and different microphones. And I think I just kind of got a little wrapped up in that part of it. And if, if you need to learn it, then definitely watch it. But I don't know how much is necessary for this type of video. If you have no experience at all with editing, I think using a simple program like iMovie is the best place to start because you don't get overwhelmed with all the options. And you can go on YouTube and, and just search for like iMovie beginner video, like iMovie training video. There are so many videos online about how to use the software. It makes it so easy. And there were moments where I got stuck and I would just search for the specific thing that I was stuck on and there'd be a video about it. It's like they they've thought of everything. <laughs> I also, I wouldn't force myself to record on days when I'm not feeling it, even though I ended up in the end shooting a class that, that day that was okay. I think I would just let it go. 
because I was really like driving myself crazy, like because I had set that time aside specifically for it and then was not in the mood to do it. Some days I'm just not in the mood and I've been paying more attention to my cycle and to the different phases in the cycle and what are the the pros and cons of each element, each phase of the month of my monthly cycle. It's fascinating. If you haven't done research on the ovulatory luteal um, menstrual, the, the different phases, it's so interesting to learn about what you should be doing during each of those phases versus what you shouldn't be doing just based on like your body's like chemical makeup in that phase. I'll do an episode on it. I've just been like really jamming on it. And I think the problem I ran into that first day was I was just not in the right phase. I wasn't ready to create something. I was like in the organizing phase of like just wanting to do detail stuff. So that's, that's, I think the bulk of what's going on with my course. Um, I just, I just, um, released it last week and it's been kind of cool to get feedback from people who've watched it. And I really appreciate hearing from anyone who does take the time to look at it. And I hope that you do get a benefit from it. And if you're interested in creating your own course and you have questions, like feel free to email me. I I'll try to help as much as I can. I know this for me, this, process was really fun, but it was also kind of lonely because I was just like my, you know, mad scientist self in my attic creating something alone again, (laughs) and which I love, but also it's like good to have support. So uh, again, the class is called Public Speaking for Shy Creatives, and it's four ways to feel more relaxed and confident both on stage and on screen. So if you have any interest in improving those skills, I hope you'll check out the class. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening to my episode all about my new Skillshare class. I hope you learned some new things and I uh, look forward to hearing from you if you check it out. I hope you loved today's show. If you did, a great way to say thank you is to share this episode with your friends on Instagram. Don't forget to tag me at Angela Lucier and Speaker Sisterhood at Speaker Sisterhood. Well, that does it for me this week, my friends. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.